You're listening to the Gateway Franklin Church Podcast. To learn more about Gateway Franklin Church, including our service times here in Franklin, Tennessee, visit us online at gatewayfranklin.com. And now, here is this week's message. Well, it's my honor to be able to continue our series today, Unforgettable Life-Changing Encounters with Jesus. This is week five. And so we're going to be spending time uh, talking about the paralyzed man carried by four. Through this series, we've really been looking at various encounters and unforgettable life-changing encounters that have changed the trajectory of this person's life. And so today, I I really uh, want to look at a story of a paralyzed man that's carried by four. And this is really a powerful testimony to us of the role that we can have, each of us can have, in someone else's encounter with Jesus. We find this in Mark chapter 2, uh, 1 through 5. But before we dive into the text, I would like to create, if I will, if I can, a backdrop uh, before this story. We look in Mark chapter 1, the chapter before it, uh, in verses 9 through 13, it says, Jesus was baptized in water by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. And when Jesus came out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Holy Spirit ascending on him like a dove. And he heard a voice from heaven saying, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And then the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. Later on in, that, in Mark 1, we see that it says that John the Baptist was put in prison and then Jesus uh, began to preach the gospel. He began to preach the good news. It is said that at this moment, this is when Jesus began his public ministry. We'll then look in Mark 1 and we see in the next little heading you see there that he chose his, he called his first uh, disciples and then he started ministering and you saw many being healed and many being changed. Matter of fact, there was one a demon possessed that was cast out. But at the end of Mark chapter 1, I would like to look at a very important healing uh, story that kind of ties into what we're going to talk about today in Mark 2 with the story of the paralyzed man carried by four. It was a, a healing of a man, a leopard man, a man that was dealing with leprosy. Jesus healed him. But one thing Jesus said after he healed him, he said this, he said, I don't want you to say anything. I don't want you to go out of here and tell anybody. I want you to be quiet about this miracle. Now, you got to think about something for a second. This leper man, when he comes into public places, he has to scream out, unclean, unclean, and he has to be separate from others. And to to tell me that, you know, I've been dealing with this thing for so long, you're going to heal me, but now I can't say nothing about it. Well, I think human nature has to say uh, that we're going to say it anyways. Come on, when God does something amazing in our life, we have to open up our mouth and say something, right? But Jesus didn't want him to say anything, and this is the reason why. Because he didn't want people to think that he was just another miracle worker. He wanted the people to realize what he really came to do, and that was to preach the good news and to see salvation and forgiveness of sins. So we we then find ourselves in Mark chapter 2, 1 through 5. And you're about to see the aftermath of the leper man opening up his mouth. We're going to look at it, Mark 2, 1 through 5. And it says this, a few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, somebody say their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. 
We have to notice here in verse one that we read that it says after a few days, Jesus had come home. Now, he wasn't talking about his physical house. He's talking about Capernaum. Capernaum was considered maybe, if you will, a base of operations for Jesus. He functioned out of Capernaum. And even this home that he was preaching in wasn't his home. Actually, it was the home of Peter. But because of the leper in Mark chapter 1 mentioning the healing, Jesus walks into this house hoping maybe he could get some rest because he had to kind of hold off on being in front of crowds after the leper opened up his mouth. And so he would try to walk away from the streets and be in isolation because he realized that when the leper opened his mouth, everybody was going to come running to where he was because they wanted a miracle and they wanted healing. And so when he showed up to the home, what he thought was going to be a place of of solitude, he showed up to a house full of people. It says that there was a large number of people gathered, even coming on the outside. And what did he begin to do? Instead of resting or finding an open room to go sleep, he began to preach the gospel. It says that he began to preach the word. And so what I want to tell you is he didn't come to Capernaum to Peter's house to do a miracle service. He came to preach the word of God. But what happens when you preach the word of God is that miracles do happen and things do take place. And when you do preach the word of God, things have to happen under the subjection of what the word of God says. And so while he's preaching the word, there are four men. Somebody say four men. Four men are carrying this paralyzed man to where Jesus was. And then when they carried him to where he was, they realized that the place is packed. There's no room to get in the door. What they thought could have been a closed door actually came another opportunity to take their faith higher than it's ever been before. And so they could have looked at this situation and looked at it as a rejection, but no, they looked at it as an opportunity to see an unforgettable encounter take place for a man that's been standing in a mat for a little bit too long. And so we, we, when I look at this story, I'm, I'm sorry, but I have to look at it beyond just the paralysis of the man. But before I begin to look at the paralysis and what's about to take place when they take him through the roof, we don't really get to hear a lot about why he was paralyzed. We don't really know what caused it. But can I help us zoom in a little bit more to see what paralysis even is? It's the loss of the ability to move and sometimes to even feel anything in part or most of the body, or it could even be an inability to act or to function. So this may not even be an unusual thing that he was carried on a mat. And it may not even be wild to think that these guys could have been involved in the past. But he was used to being carried on a mat. Maybe they don't have grocery stores back then, but to, get, to do something, to do errands. He didn't walk. He was paralyzed. And so he was used to a mat. But this encounter with a mat was going to be a lot different than any other encounter he's ever had. Because these four men were carrying something beyond the mat. They were carrying crazy faith. Because they believed when they carried this mat to where Jesus was going to be, they believed they had no intention of when they went up the roof, coming, I mean, going down the roof to having to go back up the roof. Their intention was that this man is about to walk out of this house with his mat in his hand, walking healed by the power of God. They activated faith. 
But I bet in this room, many of us, we may be carrying burdens for others. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a neighbor. Whatever the case may be, sometimes these burdens can get very heavy. And sometimes when you don't see the answer of God and you don't see the provision of God, you're saying, God, how much longer am I going to have to carry this? But we have all been called to carry burdens. And I'm sorry, when I look at this story, I just don't see a paralyzed man sitting on a mat. I see that these four men were carrying a burden. The burdens that were attached to his physical and his spiritual condition. Because if you've ever been sick or you've ever had a bad report from a doctor, a lot of times it doesn't just affect your physical body, but there's something emotional that takes place. There's a spiritual thing that happens where you used to have faith and you feel like your faith is getting weakened and you wonder, God, what is going on in this situation when I should be strong in faith and believing that no matter what the doctor says, you're able. But sometimes if we can be humanly honest with ourselves, sometimes our faith gets shaken. But it's what you do after your faith gets shaken that matters. And so when we look at this paralysis, he couldn't move. He couldn't function. But maybe today you're not dealing with a physical illness of paralysis, but maybe it could be a spiritual condition. Maybe your faith is paralyzed. Maybe you're paralyzed by fear and paralyzed by anxiety and paralyzed by worry and paralyzed by confusion. But I have come to tell some good news in the room that you're not too paralyzed, too damaged, too torn or too broken for God not to heal you and restore you and change your life today. It's good news that when Jesus is in the house, anything can happen. But Pastor Ron, you don't know how broken I am. You don't know how long I've been carrying this thing. You don't know how long I've been praying for a miracle or praying for salvation for my family. But can I just tell you, keep holding on? Because there's a miracle happening if Jesus is in the house. There's depression having to leave and joy replacing it when Jesus is in the house. Anxiety has to go when Jesus is in the house. Salvation has to happen when Jesus is in the house. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that's ever been in a place where you feel like you've been paralyzed by something. Maybe it's a report of the doctor. Maybe it's a situation in your home. Maybe there's something going on with your kids and you just feel like that faith that you once have, that faith that you once activated is just beginning to get weaker and weaker. And maybe it's gonna be that God's gonna bring some people like these four men to help carry you to your encounter to help pray with you and push you to your encounter. And maybe you're on the other flip side of this and maybe you're the one that's been carrying the mat. And you feel like you've been carrying it day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, and you haven't seen the product of what you've been carrying. But I want to tell you, stay encouraged. Because God's not ever calling you to carry this alone. He's not ever calling you to carry the burdens alone. And there are burdens that we're meant to carry and there's burdens that we've been meant to let go of. And you have to have the wisdom and and the strength of God to realize what you're supposed to be carrying and what you're supposed to be getting rid of. In our families, in our homes, just the daily living, there are burdens that many of us carry. 
And I just know in this room right now, there are people, I can just see in your mind right now, you just want to cry because the pressures that you've been activating, the pressures you've been dealing with, you just feel like you don't know how much longer you can carry this stress and carry this pressure. Can I tell you that Jesus is in the house and if you'll just give him the burden, if you'll just surrender that pain, surrender that hurt, he can do something with it. He can do something with it. And so when they get to the house, it's packed. Everybody loves a packed house. But the thing about a packed house is they couldn't do what they carried the man to do. And that was to get him in front of Jesus. And many of us, we can carry burdens. But will we stop at rejection? Can I encourage you? Don't stop at rejection. They thought, you know what, if we came this far by faith, this far to believe that this man is going to receive the miracle that he needs, we have to figure something out. And it says that they begin to take him up the roof. Now, many of you, when you say you think about that, you think you need to pull out a 25-foot ladder and get everything secure and then start climbing. And you're saying, how in the world did they carry this guy up a mat? And and, well, they didn't. Because I hate to tell you, I don't think they had ladders, but I don't know if they did. Metal ones, I'm, I'm just not sure. They didn't have a Lowe's, and I know they didn't have a Home Depot. But, the, but Palestinian houses, if I could help you understand what Palestinian houses, how they were laid out. Typically, it was a small one-room structure with a flat roof. Access to this roof was by means of outside stairway. The roof was usually made of wooden beams with thatch and compacted earth in order to protect from the rain. So then after the men would carry him outside the stairway, they would have had to dig up a section where the thatch and the compacted earth was so that they could have a place to put him in front of Jesus. Now there's no doubt that when they did this, that dirt probably fell into the house where the people were preaching and the people were listening to the word. And I just want to tell you that sometimes when you're carrying burdens and you're, you're finding radical solutions to people around you's faith, it might get messy. And so when the dirt was coming down, and, and I'm not sure, I mean, right now, if somebody was coming down for, while I was preaching, for one, that's an interruption, and that's called rude. Anyways, another thing is, if dirt started falling from the sky, you'd say, what in the world? I can't go to that church no more. It's crazy. And so it was probably a crazy atmosphere. But can I tell you, God moves in the crazy. God is not, he's not interrupted by your stuff. He invites your pain. He invites your stuff so that he can move amongst your stuff. Notice this. Jesus didn't bring attention to the mess. And he didn't bring attention to the men interrupting him. He brought attention to their faith. Can I read that again just because I feel like it? Jesus didn't bring attention to the mess. And he didn't bring attention to the men interrupting him. He brought attention to their faith. I just wonder how many times this man cried, how many times he felt lonely and isolated. It was because of four people that decided to do something crazy, to carry a burden for someone else, that they were able to bring him to where Jesus was. They were willing to carry the burden. In this Christian walk, fulfilling the Great Commission, we've all been called to carry. And I can tell you, we're all carrying something in this room. We've all been called to carry a burden. The question is, are you willing to carry the burden and lead someone to an unforgettable encounter, even if it might get messy? 
What's crazy to me, the first thing that Jesus said when he said, because of their faith, your, sons are, your sins are forgiven. The crazy thing to me is these men didn't carry him to Jesus so fins, sins can get forgiven. They carried him to Jesus so he would be healed. So imagine you did all this work. You went up to the roof. You brought him down to where, you, you lower him down to where Jesus was. And then you get the report that he's just going to forgive their sins. No, the reason why he did that is because he's got to work from the inside out. Jesus does work from the inside out. He's not going to fix all the outside up without getting down in the inside and saying, you know what, I'll deal with the root of the problem. Yes, I'm going to heal you. But while you're here, let me save you. Let me redeem you. Let me give you hope. Let me give you joy. Let me give you peace. Let me give you strength. And so he says, son, your sins are forgiven. He didn't say take up your mat and walk. That would be the exciting thing. I bet in a packed house, that place would have been, I mean, I just, I'm not saying they were Pentecostal, but if they were, I mean, it would have been like erupting. I mean, it would have been crazy. But no, he said, sons, your sins are forgiven. Why? Because Jesus knows that it was more than just a physical sickness. He knew there was a root to the problem. He knew there was something greater that he needed to answer before he healed his body. And when Jesus responded in that manner to the faith of the men, the teachers of the law were in there too. And even though they didn't say anything, they, Jesus knew that they began to think something. And we find that in Mark chapter 2, 6 through 12. And let's read that together. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? I mean, he's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take up your mat, take your mat, and go home. So he got up, took his mat, and walked out in the full view of them all. The scripture says, this amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. In order for God to, do, to show people what he's done on the inside, he has to perform the miracle on the outside. And in order for them to realize that he was the one that has authority, he's the one that can forgive sins and heal the sick. He said, you know what? No, I'm going to show you that I have the authority by telling him to get up and walk. But I just want to show you that what I did on the inside, I'm about to show you on the outside. And the very thing that these men believed, that he wasn't going to have to go back up the roof, the very thing these men believed, their faith that activated, he got his mat, he began to walk out, and it says everybody saw the miracle. And it says they were in amazement to the point where they said this very thing. We have never seen anything like this. You know it's unforgettable when you can say, I've never seen anything like this before. These teachers went from thinking, who is this man? To saying, this is the one that can save and heal and set free. They were the ones that were included in the amazement. They were the ones that were included in the praising of God. Because Jesus isn't just going to do miracles just so that you can experience it. He wants to do miracles so that everybody can experience that he's the one that is able. And he's the one that's willing. How many times has Jesus saved and healed the least likely and used them for his glory? And even with understanding that, there will be people that might have a hard time believing it 
until they see it. Because they don't fully understand the authority of the one that performed the miracle. But it will be what they see that changes. Matter of fact, the people that you've been carrying burdens for, others have counted them out already. Says, you know what? They're not going to get healed. They're not going to get saved. They're not going to get discipled and be a a follower of Christ. No way. They're not going to do that. But because you have a burden for them and you're going to keep praying and you're going to keep pushing and you're going to keep having radical faith, God's going to answer your prayer. God's going to help you with that burden and you're going to see a miracle. That's for somebody in this room that when they've counted everybody, when people have counted this thing out and counted these people out because you still counted them in, Jesus counts them in and he's about to come through in here. In Jesus' name. What's amazing to me is that through this whole text, we don't know these men's names. We don't know the paralyzed man's name, and we don't know the four men's name. But we do know the impact of their obedience. Do you know that we don't do this for a name, but we do it to make his name famous? Because what I've realized about the name Jesus and we sang about that it's a beautiful and a powerful and a wonderful name is that the Bible tells us that at that name Jesus, every knee has to bow and every tongue has to confess. And just at the mention of his name, things have to happen. So I would just give you a test. Next time you feel like your world is crumbling down, just speak that name into the existence. Because when you speak the name Jesus, atmospheres begin to change. When you speak the name Jesus, things have to change. I remember when I was a teenager, 15 years old, this can relate to some of our students. They may have heard this story every week, so just hear it again. Not really, but I was diagnosed with a disease called Meniere's disease in my right ear, and they told me that I'd be deaf by 21, and I I was a preacher's kid. I was on fire for God. I mean, I, I was just, I had faith. But when I was 15, they told me that, and for three years, I struggled with this. But I want to tell you that I didn't just struggle with a physical illness. I began to question, hold on, God, I'm a pastor's kid. Are you real? I mean, are you going to heal me? And then not only was my physical body getting sick and, and the, ear, the hearing was getting worse, but my faith and my hope, my, my, my spiritual condition started to fail. My spiritual condition started to get a little worse. And what I want to tell you is what happens on the physical can affect you spiritually. And even when maybe you're getting bad reports from the doctors, maybe even when you get something just knock you upside the head and you're saying, I can't handle anything else. Can I just tell you, keep your faith intact because Jesus doesn't ask for a whole lot of faith. He just says a mustard seed and you can move the mountain. And so you say, well, Pastor Ryan, I don't know how much faith I have. But all he needs is just a little. And right now, some of you are going through some things and you just don't know how much more you can take. But that's the perfect time to come to Jesus. Because when you come to the end of yourself, you get to go to the beginning of him. And when you go to the beginning of him, everything changes. When you surrender your life to him, everything changes. We've been called to carry the burden of the lost, the hurting, the sick, the broken. And it was the obedience of these four men They created an opportunity for this paralyzed man to have an encounter with Jesus. So much so that it wasn't just unforgettable for him. It was unforgettable for everyone else around him. Team, you can start making your way up. And today, we did an event yesterday for our foster care and in worship. I was just praying and worshiping and the Lord really began to put on my heart that even in our foster care system, Burdens and issues that happen 
And and God just wants to minister right now to some families that feel like you're carrying burdens and you feel like you're weak and you don't know how much longer you can do it and you don't know how much more you can take. That's when you need to surrender those burdens to God and say, God, here it is. Have it. You can take it because I know you're able to perform a miracle. You're able to make a difference in my heart and in my life. One thing I learned about Jesus is that everything he does will always point back to what he already did. You know, when he went on the cross, he died for our salvation, for the forgiveness of our sins. But you know, included in that, when they nailed him to the cross, they were nailing cancer and diabetes and every issue you've been dealing with, anxiety and depression. And so you don't have to carry all this stuff alone because when he finished the work on the cross, He did it for you and for me so that you can walk in the forgiveness and walk in the healing and walk in the redemption of his blood and what he did on the cross for you. And even though we've all been carried, called to carry something, he says, I want to give some people some strength today to carry it in a new way. I just can't get away from the word strength. I feel like people are feeling so weak in your faith right now, so tired. And God says, I want to breathe again. The Ruach, the fresh wind. I want to breathe into your life again. I want to breathe into your marriage again. I want to breathe into your home again. I specialize in fixing broken things and I want to do it today. I know that carrying burdens can get tough. I know carrying burdens can get rough and you can feel like you wanted to throw in the towel, but you know what? Someone is waiting on you to carry it. Well, Pastor Ron, you don't know the stuff I carry on my own. I understand that. But God will never take care of other people and not decide to take care of you too. He's a good God. He's a loving father and he wants to do it for you. You may have heard this before, but there's a story of, a, of an Olympian. In 1992, the Barcelona Olympics, he was the British representative in the 400 meter race by the name, his name was Derek Redmond. He went down in the back stretch with a torn right hamstring. As the medical attendants approached, Redmond fought to his feet, set out hopping desperately, trying to finish the race. He knew he wouldn't win, but he just was trying to finish. And when he reached the final stretch, a man came out of the stands. He pushed past the security guard, and he ran to Redmond and he hugged him. This man was Jim Redmond. It was Derek's father. And he said to him, son, you don't have to do this. Gritting his teeth with tears in his eyes, his son said, yes, I do. His father's reply was, well, then we're going to finish this together. Derek's head was sometimes buried in his father's shoulder, but they stayed in this lane to the end. When they crossed the finish line, the crowd stood to its feet and cheered and wept as those two men finished the race. Nobody ever said that carrying the Great Commission and carrying the burden of someone else else was going to be easy. 
but it's possible when you're in the hands of God. And today he wants to give some people strength in this room to carry it like you've never carried it before. There's two people that the Lord wants to speak to and deal with today. And as that's the one that's carrying the mat. And maybe you're the one that's on the mat. But either way, God wants to minister to you right where you're at. And he wants to give you an unforgettable encounter that you can look back on May 22nd and say that that was something I've never seen before. I've never experienced a passion and a love and and, and a peace that I've experienced on May 22nd, 2022. He wants to mark this day as a day where you encountered the true master and you left walking out saying, look what the Lord has done in my life. If you could stand to your feet in this room. There's four lessons that I want us to learn from this unforgettable encounter with Jesus. The first one is that life-changing encounters happen when Jesus is in the house. Number two, Jesus' encounters just don't heal our physical body, but it also heals our spiritual condition. Number three, you can't encounter the healer without encountering the Savior. In other words, he's not looking just to heal your body and tell you to go on. He's looking to heal you and redeem you and save you and call you and disciple you to be a follower of Christ. And number four, for those that feel like you're carrying something so heavy and you've been carrying burdens for so long, carrying someone's burdens doesn't alleviate the suffering, but it does point them to the one that does. Oh, I got to say that for somebody in the room again. Carrying someone's burdens doesn't alleviate the suffering but it does point them to the one that does. As always, on both sides of the sanctuary, you can find communion and you can respond in that way or in worship. But I just feel in this room that maybe you're the one that you feel like you're on the mat and you need somebody to help carry you. I'd encourage you to grab that hand of the person next to you and come to the altar. Or maybe you're in this room and you feel like you've been carrying for so long and you just don't know how much longer you can carry it. And you're saying, Pastor Ryan, I need that strength. I need that peace. I need a fresh level of faith to come into my life. I need him to strengthen my walk so that I can carry even better than I've ever carried. After I pray, when I count to three, I'd ask you to come to the altar. The Lord wants to move in your life. Father, we thank you for who you are. God, I pray that you will move on every heart and every life in this place. God, we desire for an unforgettable encounter with you. That we can say we've never seen anything like this before. Whether it's someone that feels like they're on the mat and they need the encounter. Or if it's a person that feel like they've been the one carrying the mat and they need strength to carry it. I pray, God, that you will move in every heart and you will do it today in Jesus' name. We hope you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. Again, to learn more about Gateway Franklin Church, find us online at gatewayfranklin.com. Thanks for joining us today.